You are listening to the Christ in All podcast, where we discuss how following Jesus Christ impacts all areas of a believer's life. Each week, we will answer questions about the Christian worldview in an effort to help both new and mature believers grow in their faith. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Christ in All podcast. This is Chad Hunsberger, and with me today is some of our special guests. I consider them special guests. They are church members here at Colonial Heights. Uh, by God's grace, you have six kids, and right now, they are three of them, half of them, are sitting right outside this room, hmm. and they're so quiet, I can't hear them. It's a beautiful thing. It, yeah, it's <laughs> awesome, right? Uh, no, but uh, y'all, got, y'all have been members here at the church uh, for the last couple uh, Year or two, two years, two years coming almost, up. Almost, and it'll come to two years in January. Yeah. Um, but I have uh, served on the mission field in a few different places. And so, one of the things that uh, we have kind of introduced recently is some, some of our podcasts being specifically about different cultures, uh, some of which are represented in our congregation. Thankfully, by God's grace, we have kind of a diverse congregation. But some of those, in in this case, are ones that we're just more familiar with because uh, of people like y'all who have served in other countries for more than just like a 10-day mission trip, right? You actually packed up and lived there. And so want to talk to you all guys. We're actually going to do two podcasts with y'all in this. We could do more based on other places you've lived, but thought that it would be good for us to think about, uh, specifically in this podcast, we'll think about uh, the country of Chad, and so what we would kind of describe as a Chadian culture, and specifically we have um, we have uh, a, a church member who is serving in a part of that, uh, that part of the world right now, and so as we think some about that, I uh, would want to ask you guys, help us think about what is the culture like in in the country of Chad, again, realizing that there's several people groups and all kinds of different reasons, but generally speaking, what's the the culture like in Chad? Yeah. Um, the way I like to describe it is that uh, Chad is kind of like um, sub-Saharan Africa meets the Middle East. Okay. That's that's one of the ways that I, I've, I've come to understand it. We spend a lot of time in sub-Saharan Africa and Uganda, um, so that's probably what I'm most familiar with. Mm-hmm. But some of the things that stand out so different differently culturally in Chad is that there's a very, um, strong Arab presence. Okay. Um, in fact, I would say that probably the, uh, the majority of peoples there are more of an Arab descent, which means they're, they're, um, Muslims. Uh Um, so you've got a, 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 quite a bit of a mixture of different peoples. It is very diverse. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times most people don't think of African nations as being very diverse. Uh, but so, they actually are. so even when, um, uh, not that, not so when I think Arab, mm-hmm. right, or when lots of people would think Arab, they're more likely to think of a little bit uh, lighter skin tone mm-hmm. than, say, uh, the Kenyan, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Would that be an accurate depiction? Again, mm-hmm. that's a broad stroke, but just trying to help people kind of picture in their mind what mm-hmm. what they would see as the, if they are there. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, more their their hair texture is different, uh-huh. lighter skin, um, not light skin like us not, necessarily, yeah. um, but lighter right. than uh, of the again like a Kenyan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of I think of tribes I've even seen yeah, yeah. right there where they're significantly I think when darker. Most people when they think of Egyptian, they kind okay. of get that picture of more of a lighter t- yeah. skin yeah, color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I would compare okay. it to. Sure, sure. Um, so. Uh, 
so kind of Arab culture, uh, Muslim in mm-hmm. background for most uh, primarily for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that culture then mean uh, as you interact with them? What's different uh, mm-hmm. for them both kind of practically, um, even kind of in their day-to-day life from what you yeah. have observed? Um, Rebecca, you can chime in on this too, but um, food is different. I mean, all the obvious things are probably okay. very starkly different from the types of food that they eat um, because they're um, they're from the northern regions of Africa. You know, they've immigrated there. They spend much more time in more desert-like climates. Okay. Um, so that there's this region called the Sahel region that runs right through all across uh, Africa, actually directly below the Sahara Desert, there's this region called the Sahel. And the majority of Muslims that you find in Chad live in that those areas. And so it's drier, which means that they're they're not agricultural, ag- agriculturally based okay. peoples. They've got more um, herds that they're driving from mm-hmm. place to place. Um, they're eating a lot of dried meats, which is very different from yeah. sub-Saharan Africa, sure. where they're growing Weird. their own food. You know, they've got very much of their, their kind of steady diet in that, mm-hmm. in that sense. But camel meat <clears throat> is really? like the main meat that really? people... So if you're on the streets of Jemena and you're, you know, just find yourself in different random places, you'll find camel meat, little fast Jemena, food. Jemena, capital of Chad? That's right. Jemena is the capital of Chad. Right. That was our Sunday night dinner, so I didn't yeah. have to cook. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. nice. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, right. so tell me about specifically uh, women that are from there. Uh, what 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 were those relationships like for you? Were you able to engage in relationships with women there? What what did that look like? What does it look like for them? Yeah, I mean the women are definitely um, the workhorse of the society. Okay, so you end up having to wear like the really long flowing robes, which partially is just to protect your body from the sun and sure. the sand and those kinds of things, the elements that are very harsh there. Um, but yeah, so you would have a lot of connection around cooking the food or caring for children, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, because that's what's expected of them. And so it's important to kind of get into their life and help them with what um, they need to be doing in those kinds of ways. But yeah, very typical for multiple wives to be had by okay. men and that kind of situation. So, so a lot certainly of a significant hardship. cultural difference mm-hmm. in in Chad than here. Oh, so. Yeah. Uh, not only culturally allowed, but in some cases, maybe even culturally expected to have oh, yeah. multiple wives, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so polygamy is is mm-hmm. is very significant there. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, early marriage mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. accurate? Very so so. Uh, yeah. Y- yeah. women are are married mm-hmm. off, so to speak, yeah. at yeah. a very young age. Yeah, sometimes twelve, fourteen, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, for most of our listeners, that's going to sound completely foreign. I think yeah. about right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both have a. a 13-year-old daughter. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So to think about that, yeah. um, that would be around that time. It start mm-hmm. You start thinking mm-hmm. towards that. Uh, so that would be very different for us, certainly. Yeah. That's right. So I want to transition a little bit uh, from kind of some of those general different food, different mm-hmm. uh, maybe even some beliefs, but uh, and, and practical living some of those things out. As believers, uh, when you think about sharing the gospel uh into uh, a culture like that, what does that look like? Uh, w- let me let me back up and say this: We certainly believe the same gospel, you and I, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as a part of Colonial Heights, you surely do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not that we're ever suggesting that the gospel change, 
Mm-hmm. Right. right. Th- that does not change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes the manner of presentation mm-hmm. or the, um, I, I want to be careful with the word like methodology, but mm-hmm. uh, the, the means by which we mm-hmm. build relationships in order to do that. So, mm-hmm. so kind of help us think through what somebody who is a believer living in that kind of culture, what that might look like in order to yeah, help yeah. share the gospel. Well, I, I think the one word you use is relationship is key. Mm. And so investing in relationship um, is a huge part of of that. And I would say that's across the board. Yeah, but, sure. Um, in a in a culture like that, um, that's key. Easy or hard to have relationships? Hard there? in the sense that you're expected to visit your neighbors in a in a in a way that you're not expected to. Okay. Here. You might live in the same place on your on your cul-de-sac in your neighborhood here and. Ridgeland, Mississippi, and you never meet your neighbor. Right? Yeah. Like that's a reality. Yeah. Um, if you do that in Chad, you are ostracized. I mean, you're okay. like considered to be very strange. So yeah. you have to be very intentional about meeting your neighbors. Do they, w- would they come to you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just as easily as you are expected to go to them, they, yes. they oh, expect yeah. that they're going to come to you. Yeah. And when right. they come to you, you serve them food. <laughs> Whatever yeah. you have, you figure it out and yeah. you just like partake of whether it's a snack with tea, that kind of stuff. It's a very big thing to like partake of each other's food. So it's and very so, communal mm-hmm. in that sense. Yeah. Um, do you go to them for, hey, like I ran out of tea? Mm-hmm. Like would 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 you be comfortable going to that neighbor and saying, "Hey, like, yeah, uh, oh yeah, like it's that kind of yeah, communal yeah. sharing, that's right. not uncomfortable." Yeah. Um, okay. Right. Yeah. So as you're building those relationships, um, I th- I think I know the answer to this. That's what I'm maybe setting up. Uh, is this just hey, you're gonna live a godly life in front of them, and that's gonna be sufficient? It's actually really important with um, building, especially these particular kinds of relationships, that you are very much expressing how important your relationship with the Lord is from day one, because they're already judging your relationship. Well, they don't even call it a relationship. They're already judging your religion based upon how serious you are about it. Yeah. So if you remain quiet for days and months and even a year thinking, well, I have to build relationship before I like actually share you're actually hindering yourself from being able like to like why didn't like, you tell me this 2 months ago exactly. when I met you yeah if this is so important to right. you because oh, they will. yeah because they it's will. important to them yeah. that's yeah. right i mean you they they live that out as far as like praying five times a day mm-hmm. you know if they're sure. muslims which they're most likely the people you're sharing the gospel with in 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 chad are mostly muslims you okay. know um so it's very outward you know mm-hmm. their their faith is very outward um and they want to talk about religion. Mm-hmm. And that's probably a big difference between sure. here and there is that you're expected to, but they want to. Like they mm-hmm. want to talk about, you know, they're people of a book as well, the Quran. Yeah, just um, a different book. Just a different book, yeah. which we would consider false. Sure, absolutely. Um, but they they recognize that there are some similarities between Islam and Christianity and some of the characters in the Quran are yeah, found yeah. in the scriptures. And um, so talking about those things openly is 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 key, but... I would say some of the things to to highlight when you're talking with Muslims is your love for the for the word and why. I think that's key is them seeing the difference between the word of God and their scriptures. Yeah. Because there's a there's a stark difference when right. when I read the Quran, um, it sounds like Allah is giddy for judgment, but when you when you come to the scripture, you realize, wow, like he's grieving. The God of yeah. the Bible is a, a God filled with grace and love. 
And Muslims have no expectation that they are going to meet Allah someday. They have no confidence that Allah loves them. Um, they have no expectation that Allah even communicates with them. Like there's, there's not that mm-hmm. kind of same, that same kind of back and forth um, relationship as we would call it. Um, so for a, for a Muslim, he's going to paradise hopefully someday. He doesn't really know, but if he gets there, he doesn't expect to find Allah there mm. because Allah is far too far too uh, transcendent and big and distant. And so um, displaying our relationship with Christ in the way we pray, um, in our love for the scriptures, and um, just out loud displaying that relationship mm-hmm. with God is very um, different. Yeah. Because they've never seen anything like it before. Sure. You know. And one of the things that I think sometimes we minimize in the States is actually the holiness of God. Mm. Whereas to explain to a Muslim that our God is three times holy, like he's not just holy. Mm. Like there's no holy place here on earth because he is three times holy and Mm -hmm. there is nothing I can do to ever become holy, much less holy, holy, holy. Mm. And so trying to hold the tension of like, which is biblical of the holiness and absolute otherness of our God yet that he made himself to be one with us is sure. just like mind blowing as Christians. And we should be able to express that in um, our love for the word and our love for God and in our prayers and that kind of thing. But upholding the holiness is very, very yeah. important. Mm-hmm. So we talk uh, a fair amount. I say generally we at Colonial Heights talk a fair amount about the unreached uh, peoples of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh being those who have little to no access to the gospel, uh, would Chad fall into a generally unreached nation? Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, So little to no access. Some of that, we we talked about this for different reasons too, some of that um, because not only uh, has there been, there's no believers or Bible or uh, church there, but also it's, many parts of Chad are very hard, mm-hmm. right? Like physically hard to live there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, thinking about uh, desert-like mm-hmm. uh, conditions. Nomadic um, people. Nomadic people, so they're yeah. moving. Uh, so that it's a whole different scenario. So uh, as you are a listener, uh, kind of thinking through this, we're, we're thinking about uh, a people's, meaning multiple people groups that live in Chad, speaking different languages, mm-hmm. um, mostly uh, Muslim, mm-hmm. but mostly also without access to the gospel. Mm-hmm. That means that the, there is a greater necessity for missionary, uh, mm-hmm. to missionaries to be there. Yeah. Uh, it's not the same as, um, in uh, some contexts, it's potentially like... Uh, fueling the fire of a healthy a healthy church that's there and they just right. they need some some more fuel for that whereas in Chad they actually need more actual yeah. people there yeah. for the yeah. gospel to move forward so that other people could take it and yeah. continue it but yeah. it's not even really established in yeah. many parts in order for it to be mm-hmm. strengthened yeah right that's right majority of, of Chadians are Muslim Mm-hmm. And, I mean, vast majority. Uh, I was probably, probably sixty percent. Okay, okay. Um, but then you've got some animistic peoples as well. Sure. Um, that would even be more unreached. Um, so you've got um, there's a, it's a funny funny divide in Chad is that you've got um, French speaking Chadians and then Arabic speaking Chadians. Okay. And so if you're French, if you're French speaking, most likely you have some kind of 
um, connection with uh, the church, whether that's a uh, Catholic okay. um, or uh, Protestant. Um, so actually, the, the the amount of evangelicals in Chad is not very big, um, but you've got quite a few who would be Catholic um, okay. or come from maybe like an Anglican background or something like that. Um, but that one of the other main barriers is language sure. in Chad. And so for a missionary going to Chad, um, if you want to be able to engage with the existing church that is there, which you should want to because you want to partner with them, um, you have to know French mm. because you're, you're not going to get by with English. Right. You're not going to find many people who know English. Um, if you want to reach the unreached, you have to know some uh, level of Arabic, maybe a lot of Arabic, um, to do that effectively because all Muslims mm-hmm. speak Arabic. That's the thing that right. unites all the, the tribes right, in sure. Chad is Arabic. But if you're going to be specifically focusing on one particular people group, which one of our people is, mm-hmm. that's what we just sent out, um, you, in the long term, have to learn that local language. So you might have well. to learn three additional languages. Absolutely. In a, obviously, from English yep. or whatever other country you're coming from, but you're going to have, you really need to know French, yep. Arabic, and the tribal language. That's right. Which, w- again, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, the reason we believe that that is so important is because um, the intricacies, mm-hmm. as simple as the gospel may be, mm-hmm. the intricacies, you just described a, a three times holy God. Right. You just described these, these sort of things. You can't describe that yeah. in an, when they don't un- understand your language. Right. That's right. Uh, y'all know uh, we just adopted uh, six months ago a little boy from <laughs> India, mm-hmm. and he is still learning English. And so there are times where... I, I find the, the most challenging communication times with him are instruction and discipline. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's resonated with me all the more mm-hmm. why he has not been the same as my other three five-year-olds that I've had at my house mm-hmm. at a time, right? Yeah. Um, because they understood English. Mm-hmm. And so the discipline and instruction, so it's made me remember that is why the, the necessity of language learning is so key and... Um, so, so why we want to even help fuel that all the more and, yeah. and, and yeah. think towards that. Yeah. I think every single Christian in America, if they're in a church, they want their pastor to be able to speak their heart language. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if you, if you were, if we were a Spanish speaking congregation and your Spanish wasn't very good and that you, and you started preaching, we would, we would get frustrated over time. We'd, yeah. We'd be gracious for a while, but over time, like if you're going to bring us to a deep level of maturity and right. discipleship, we've got to be speaking the same language. That's right. You know? And so um, it is that that is that important for the missionaries that we yeah. send to these places because they're establishing church, right? They're right. ultimately going to be there, there's going to be preaching, there's going to be Absolutely. teaching, discipleship, all of these things. Yeah, yeah. And Paul wanted to, the gospel to be clear. Yeah, he wanted that to be with clarity. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about like you were saying, the holiness of God and the Trinity, and like try explaining those things yeah. in a language that you don't really know. hard enough to explain in English, yeah. like the language I do know. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's very critical. Excellent. All right, so uh, any, anything else before we wrap up? I wanted to draw, really just remind you as listeners, this is uh, hopefully some interest to you, but also um, to stir you to pray. Uh, this is a reminder for us that uh, like the gospel needs to go to these places, that there are hundreds of thousands of people that are, I mean, millions of people that are, without access to the gospel. And it takes uh, people being willing to go to hard places and do hard things like learn an additional three languages. Um, But 
the worthiness of the gospel like yeah. compels us to do just that. So um, I hope that, again, as you listen, that, that you will pray for more laborers to be in the harvest mm-hmm. and that you will um, even ask God about how, how we might be a part of that kind of work. Mm-hmm. So calling you to pray. I do hope that this has been helpful for you. If you think it has, um, please rate it, review it, share it on your social media. And if you have uh, a question that you would like to be answered on Christ and All podcast, uh, you can send that to info at colonialheights.org. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Christ and All podcast, a ministry of Colonial Heights Baptist Church in Ridgeland, Mississippi. Together, we glorify God by making disciples of all nations. For more information, please visit our website at colonialheights.org.